It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus, tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post pay per view roundtables dating back to late 2004. Also access to our full archives, thousands of podcasts, over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter that started it all, ad-free access to our website and more. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign-up form. It's mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly. In two minutes, you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. If you shop at Amazon, I have a request. When you shop at Amazon, don't go to amazon.com. That sounds weird. How are you going to shop at Amazon if you don't go there? Well, don't go directly there. Start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. That's pwtorch.com slash Amazon. When you go there, there's a giant Amazon logo. Click on it. It takes you right to the Amazon homepage where you were heading anyways. But that small detour tells Amazon, we sent you there. And when they get that message, they send us a commission on everything that you buy. So it's a great way to support us without having to do anything different other than when you shop at Amazon, start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. That's pwtorch.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for the weekly flagship, talking current events in pro wrestling. All right, Rich, Hulk Hogan is back. The biggest star in the history of this industry at certain points in time. And we could uh, add a few names to that list and debate it. But among the biggest all-time, most recognizable top-drawing megastars, suspended for three years. The suspension is lifted. He is now appearing on a WWE event, and WWE isn't talking about it. They're not hyping it. They're trying to sneak it in. You have to click uh, more wrestlers link or more something link to uh, actually see his face on the Crown Jewel page. They put it up two days before Crown Jewel. No announcement on television. Even Hulk Hogan isn't talking about this on Twitter I find this remarkable. Um, not only that uh, th- that Hogan is coming back on this controversial event, but on that WWE is being super quiet about it. What culture in their story said, this is turning into the setup of an actual joke. How do you make a propaganda exercise even more problematic? Get a racist to appear on it. This is another sensational layer to a sensational story, one almost impressive in how brazen it is. It is absolutely unbelievable, but also so grimly believable as to be inevitable. <laughs> uh, Rich, your reaction to today to, to the news breaking as we're recording this on Wednesday, Hogan at Crown Jewel. If there's anyone that would be offended and teach the uh, Saudi prince, MBS, and his folks how they can sell their quote unquote mistake, is it's not that we dismembered and maimed and killed the reporter, it's that someone recorded it and kept track of it for us. It would be Hulk Hogan. So I, it's par for the course. Also, I think uh, I never thought I'd live in a world where John Cena was seen as persona non grata and Hulk Hogan was in WWE. <laughs> and so this this is just the icing on a crap Sunday. And then, of course, you know, adding Renee Young as the hostage of the the tour uh, isn't something that was lost on me either. I I'm just flabbergasted and I'm hopeful no one does anything to get themselves or any of their coworkers hurt. Yeah, I, I would think that you're the safety of everybody you would think would be at the highest level because the last thing Saudi Arabia needs is any incident or any kind of issue, considering that they are not looking to be seen as an outlaw in the Middle East. Their, their goal through, in part, paying this uh, out of context, above going rate amount for a live wrestling event with WWE stars it's not just because they're fans of WWE and can afford to have a, a you know, fantasy wrestling show for the Prince, they also 
want to improve their image. And that's been so greatly damaged and set back. I don't know to what degree and for how long. That remains to be seen. Uh, but they need more than at the last show and more than would have been the case for this show. Otherwise, they need things to go smooth. I mean, I, I like. I mean, obviously, it's a volatile situation. Who knows in, in general? But I would think that the wrestler safety and staff safety would be um, at a higher percentage uh, than, it, than it might have been otherwise. That, that's my belief. Yeah, I, I did a triple, maybe even a quintuple take when I saw that Renee Young was coming because – that to me was all of the red flags like okay we're gonna say we have a woman here a woman the singular woman here and if i'm and again this is me speaking for myself i can't speak for him but if i'm dean ambrose i'm like what in god's name are you people doing it's like it's bad enough you're bringing me now you're gonna put my wife in a situation we're gonna use her as a puppet and you're gonna put her in a situation where because remember wait last time they came out they did an advertising video where people had to apologize because they dared to sow sasha banks um bailey and i want to say it was carmella in their ring attire doing a traditional wwe highlight package what are they going to do if renee young actually goes barefoot like is she she's wont to do during her backstage interviews or anything like just because it's easier to not be in heels is that going to be seen as this big affront and if so what is going to be able to tell like why would you think that's the way to show that this isn't a hyper repressive regime yeah it it feels like a a to some, a uh, token gesture, a way to mi- try to mitigate controversy and take maybe a faster step forward than they plan to otherwise. To others, it will be seen as vindication. Look, WWE is opening doors. They're setting an example in a culture that has not welcomed women in, in that type of a position. And now she's going to be there. And this is part of WWE saying, I told you so. It might take 20 shows. Uh, it might take eight shows. It might take four shows. But we're going to you're going to see progress and and this is part of a master plan um that we're going to feel as we go along with the idea being we're going to keep going there and we're going to bring american culture to and it to this country show it off to the old guard that this is what the the public this is what the the uh the people of saudi arabia start to get used to and if you have a female announcer that's step one uh, female ring announcer who's more front and center, step two. Um, then maybe you have a woman at ringside, step three. And then maybe you finally end up with a women's match. Playing devil's advocate, why is the Renee Young move not seen as a positive step in the right direction? Change doesn't happen overnight. And, of course, I'm separating this from the Khashoggi uh, strangulation, it sounds like now, and, and dismemberment um, from the equation. Is this Can this be seen as, hey, th- this is showing... Uh, progress is going to be made. No, to me it doesn't because, again, I, I for me, I'm a person that can't unmarry one from the other. So if they had one show where they claim this is opening doors for future generations and then that event occurs and this event now happens, how many times are we going to have to see a paint-by-numbers women's match before we have a fair and open press in Saudi Arabia? How many times are we going to need to see the same Zack Ryder woo-woo-woo before you get to see women enjoy themselves at the show that aren't provided as props. Like for me, this whole thing is kind of getting more and more disgusting because as you look at it, these concessions are happening as a reaction to not being proactive with the Saudi government at large. And so it 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 smacks to me a just, you know, closing the barn door after the horses have gotten out. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to talk more about Hogan, but let's set the stage here and introduce ourselves. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast for Thursday, November 1st. 2018 on the eve of Crown Jewel, which we'll be getting into also later on on the program. We'll also be talking about Becky and Ronda Rousey. Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey going uh, going at it in a uh, champion versus champion match at Survivor Series. We'll uh, follow up on Roman Reigns and how his leukemia is being uh, presented on WWE TV. We'll also talk about the withdrawal of both John Cena and Daniel Bryan from Crown Jewel and more. We'll get into Evolution 2 and answer mailbag questions. So a lot on the uh, agenda today. Let's, uh, but like I said, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Wade Keller, and I am the editor of PWTorch.com and the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter and the host of this show, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, and also earlier in the week, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, which you can also subscribe to for free. Wherever you're listening to this show, just search Wade Keller and subscribe to the red logo in addition to this show, which has a blue logo. The Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show covers Raw and SmackDown with a fast turnaround time of just a few hours. Um, we are live taking calls with the live stream at wadekellerpodcast.com after Raw and SmackDown end. And then the full show is available for download a few hours later. My co-host on today's flagship is Rich Fan, who is the host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan. What a coincidence. Uh, part of the PW Torch Livecast lineup, that show is available usually Saturday nights on our seven-day-a-week PW Torch Livecast lineup with different themed shows each day of the week. Rich, welcome back to the flagship. Thank you for having me, Wade. Always a pleasure, and I always look forward to be one appearance more than my co-host of the East Coast Cash, Travis Bryant. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so much to talk about today. Uh, the Hulk Hogan news being a little bit of an unexpected twist. I should say unexpected. He said... Uh, I think it was the Orlando Sentinel. He was looking forward to being at Crown Jewel and also WrestleMania. Uh, what? First of all, for those who are uninitiated um, in why this is controversial, Hogan served a three-year suspension, not for saying racist things one time on a sex tape with his best friend and his wife, but two times. And for whatever reason, the media, when they bothered to actually mention what Hogan did and said, almost always leave out the jailhouse conversation with his son. Um, his son was in jail, Nick, and he was talking to him, and they were talking about um, how you know they want to be reincarnated, how they're best friends, father, son, but best friends, and they want to get reincarnated. But, and he said in, in rather harsh language, not as to African Americans, not as to black people. Um, it, it was in in it just so I to me I just think both situations are should be paired together always when making references. This wasn't a one off. 
Um, Hogan was in his 50s when he made these comments. Not that there's an excuse to be um, like that when you're in your 20s, uh, but the idea that this was a long time ago, like Hogan talks about, like wasn't that long ago. Um, he was a full mature man. So th- that's part of it. Uh, Rich, add some uh, add some layers to that and, and your thoughts on on the, quote, three-year suspension, even though they had never said he was suspended until the suspension was lifted, which was kind of convenient. And then the idea that now, you know, there's uh, it's a whole other later to the conversation, but once again, something is happening in WWE that feels like it's only happening because of Saudi Arabia's royal family wanting it to happen, breaking kind of the narrative and the natural flow of things within WWE, and and I think Hogan, in his return, trying to sneak him in on Friday's show, is part of that ongoing story also. So, so many angles to this. Yeah, I think, I think first with the jailhouse conversation, uh, Cam, one of my... Uh colleagues on the east coast cast who does the free portion with travis always would every time hogan would come up would quote tweet the person who brought up hogan with the language from the bedroom conversation where he talks about basically i'd allow my daughter to date a black man if he was a basketball player using the n-word and other epithets uh with the jailhouse conversation i think that was a lot more indicative of him because if you want to argue that i was in a dark place brother and all the other stuff he mentioned when you look at what happened in the jailhouse conversation, he's talking to his son, and you can clearly see that Nick wants no part in saying the word, <laughs> wants no part. He's kind of chuckling off to him. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I know what you mean, Dad. Uh, God, please. You know, he's quite clearly trying to beg out of the conversation, and Hogan's like, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to come back. And he wouldn't even say the N-word. He's like nibblers. Which is just, you know, I work at a university and I have to deal with students all the time trying to explain to them the significance of, you know what you're trying to say and you're not saying it. Why are you trying to say the word? And I think for a 56-year-old man at the time or 55, whatever age he was at the time, you can argue I heard that word coming up, which has been debunked by numerous people who grew up where he grew up around the time he did. Uh, You can argue – I was in a dark place or, you know, the Roseanne, I mixed it with Ambien and, you know, it just came out. Uh, but when you the, – the fact that he, as you've mentioned and others here at The Torch and elsewhere, would find every single black person he could to put on Twitter that would affirm his existence as a positive force in the quote-unquote black community uh, was just stunning. And when he doubled down and went to the Sentinel and said, I look forward to being at Crown Jewel to tie in with the uh, Saudi Arabian angle, that was just par for the course. I mean, the same list, you've gone over it, others have gone over it, the list of people they wanted at that first show, half people were dead, the other half, it's well past their sell-by date. And so we see this with Undertaker, we see this Triple H, we see this with Shawn Michaels, and to see Hogan return for this show – I don't know if he's going to wrestle or just have an appearance long enough to kind of flex, play Derringer's Real American and get out because he's not coming as Hollywood Hulk Hogan. They want red and yellow. The the prince wants basically to play WWE 2K18 with real people. And opening the door to this saying, hey, our company's for sale as long as you pony up half a billion or more, uh, we'll play ball with you is, you know, a lot of people can say that's wrestling, but there has to be a line somewhere. And I think the more they get involved with the Saudis in this, the more we find that there is no line for Vince McMahon and we should never have thought there was one otherwise. So you weren't moved by his apology um, <laughs> earlier, I, earlier this year. I, I'm in the, 
to be honest, you know, Bruce and I would talk about the new day and kind of some of the issues inherent in some of the storylines and things they do. I think their response was the most measured response on that end. I'm not one for foul language and I'm not one on the family, family way to killer pro wrestling podcast to do so. But I feel like, uh, that was a slap in the face. His apology was that next time, if you're going to do something really disgusting, make sure there isn't video or audio evidence. And uh, when it comes to, then uh, I mentioned this at the very beginning, when it came to the Saudis, that's the one lesson they seem to be learning from this. We could stick to a story until there's an audio or until there's video or until there's corroboration. Yeah. And even then, you know, there's, you know, there's facts, there, you know, there's lies, damnable lies, and there's statistics. And, you know, <laughs> that's basically what they're doing here. They're just going to talk about how much money they raise, how much they're doing for the community. You know, how many cars have now been driven by women in a calendar year, all these silly things that are just going to be, uh, just distractions, uh, window dressing for what's going on. I'm a big fan of the movie blazing saddles. And I, I liken this to the town at the end of the movie when, uh, Bart, comes through with his gang and it's just all set pieces so as they start punching things like i feel like watching that first show if you just tapped one of those couches 300 people would disappear and it's just it's just so sad and so weird and so interesting that this late in his career vince mcmahon is just doing this like it's wild to me wait and so with Hogan, yeah, the apology, no, it, it didn't register one iota. He's never done a thing. I think Bruce had a really good idea. You had a really good idea, too. If you if you want to be pragmatic, like if you want to go the John Cena route, he could have showed up at five different NAACP presentations and talked about the power of words and taken a picture with um, whatever, uh, you know, uh, advocate of the day that's been on Fox News and said, hey, these guys like black people. I like I'm black. It's cool. Showing up with someone like that to say, hey, I've learned my lesson. Words hurt the power of words. Yada, yada. The only thing he did was hide, retweet and retweet people saying, well, how come Obama could say it and, and hope can? Okay. Yes. And then he spoke to them up. He talked to the Buffalo News. Um, this was oh, in, in May of this year. And he said that. Uh, oh, this this quote is amazing. He was sorry for, quote, the few fans who feel hurt by what he called misspoken racist words years, years ago. Um, now, let's just be clear. This is, this is what he said to friends during a sexual situation in a bedroom when his guard was down in 2007 and he did not know he was being recorded. I am a racist to a point. Effing enters. I don't give an F if she, an audible, an eight-foot-tall basketball player, if we're going to F with Enners, let's get a rich one. That's what he's talking about, his daughter's boyfriend being black. How, how is that a misspoken word? And how do you feel about apologizing only to fans who were enough of a snowflake to be hurt? Which I'm adding a little uh, little in a little flair to his own quote, but that's how I take it. Well, to all the snowflakes out there who can't handle a little misspoken word, get over it. I apologize to you. That, I'm sorry. That's that's how I took that quote. Like, you're not justified. Um, and there were so few of you. I mean, come on. Like, I, I, I can't imagine, honestly, a worse apology that Hogan would make than that one. 
Yeah, it, it was it definitely was the gold medalist in failure in terms of both the content, the structure and even the mark that the people he was appealing to. But again, the people he was appealing to don't necessarily care that he said the word. It's locker room conversation. It's, you know, he was in the heat of the moment. We got to forgive him. Move on. You know, why are you taking this? You know, rappers say it. Why can't he? All these little outs to not talk about the destructive light. You take the M word out. Talk about the fact that you're looking at another human being that's interested in your daughter and he will not have value to you unless he provides money or the media attention commensurate to what you need at that point in your career. To make up for the fact that he's not white. Right. Yeah. Those are the things. Those are the la- that's the ladder he has to climb. And Lord, Lord, forget if, if there was a she had to climb in that case, because I, I don't want to think about what he would have said in that case. Uh, these are the ladders for Terry Bollea, because, you know, apparently in court, he said there's Terry Bollea and there's Hulk Hogan, two different people. Uh, that person, that, that was the ladder to climb to escape whiteness without paying a penalty. That was the tax. And that to me is just. Horrid. That to me, again, and I realize I'm not every wrestling fan, that to me eliminates, just like with Chris Benoit, all of the fandom I had for that person prior to that act. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and then we hear sometimes well everyone deserves a second chance and i don't think i'm saying hogan should be i don't know strangled to death just to grab a random example um, I think that he should maybe not be promoted by an international entertainment company as a role model ever again. I, I think that's fine. I think he can go about his life. He can run his store. If fans want to walk in and pose with wax figures of Hulk Hogan and shake his hand and do selfie pictures with him, that's up to him and the uh, mall he rents space from and fans who choose to walk in his doors. I'm not saying anyone should stop that. I don't think he should be promoted by WWE that touts themselves not just as an entertainment company, but a do-gooder. Constantly. Look at the good things we do in our community. I don't think he should be propped up as a role model. I don't think someone in his mid-50s saying those things and apologizing as clumsily and terribly as he apologized should get another chance to be portrayed by the company voluntarily paying him money as a role model. I, I, I just that, – that to me, I don't think there's a second chance for that. If, so he can be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think he should be celebrated on air contemporaneously. Um, I think that, that got that, – that's something that, that he disqualified himself from. That, that's my take on it. This isn't about second chances. I'm not, again, I'm not saying he can't go about his life. He can't, his friends can't love him. His family can't love him. And he can't go about earning money in other ways. There's many, many ways to make money, assuming he needs it, which he does not because he's got 
tens of millions of dollars from the Gawker lawsuit. Uh, but even if you needed money, there's other honest ways to make a living than to be falsely portrayed as a role model by a company that props itself up as a do-gooder. And that's that's where Hogan showing up in Saudi Arabia feels like, well, Saudi Arabia wanted it. They bought it. I'm really curious how WWE frames him on uh, on Friday. And also, if he shows up on TV in highlight packages, and if he shows up at WrestleMania when you don't have the, well, the Saudis wanted it and we promised him it, so we had to deliver, excuse. Well, I think on the TV side, we've already seen it, Wade, when they've done their new updated then, now, forever. He's in there. It's yeah. quick, but he's in there. And it's so those little things, as they, as they start to introduce him, just like with anything else they want to do, if they realize it's going to offend people, they know how to work around it. I mean, look back at the uh, Evolution pay-per-view when they cut to Charlotte and Becky's pre-match promo uh, video package, and they added in booze. 15 years from now, if there's still a WWE network and my son is 20 and or 21, I guess, and he turns on the WWE network to him, that's what the reality would have been of the situation. And so for them that they, they want to paint it the way they want. And they, they're hoping that enough people just go with it. In fact, while we're talking now, I'm looking on Twitter, I'm reading all these responses that say, you know, uh, without Hulk Hogan, there'd be no Steve Austin, no rock. You, you, untrue. you know, I was untrue. <laughs> As a fan growing up during the Attitude Era, I just feel like he's, you know, it was in the past. Everyone's made mistakes in their past. I'm seeing so many tweets at uh, both uh, the Torch handle and uh, what is this? Uh, 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 just general to each other because I typed in Hogan as a yeah. general tweet. Yeah. And it's it's wild to see this many people. They're just like papering over it. Like, hey, he said it. It's in the past. If you say it's in the past for, say, a 10-year-old, 14-year-old. I mean, good example, like I've mentioned on a couple other places, and I'll you know, be quick here. I know you're a Vikings fan. Vikings have Kirk Cousins, great dude. He's 70% as a passer. It's insane. The Buffalo Bills, my former favorite team, which I have since shipped on, drafted Josh Allen. Josh Allen, the day of the draft, they reveal he used the N-word and all these other things on Twitter. The argument shifted, just like with Hogan, from let the young man own up to his mistakes, to it was in the past. He was quoting an episode of Modern Family. And just don't be so PC. Everybody says that word at some point in their life. And for me personally, I was like, okay, this is a step too far. But you haven't even given this person an opportunity to apologize and you've already made excuses. And having seen it with Hogan, it was just too much. And so with Hogan, you and that's just football and that's just a kid from Wyoming. You magnify that with the pop culture celebrity. I've been on TV of a Hulk Hogan, and so many people are willing to excuse it just because maybe one time he took a picture with him outside of his uh, restaurant and barn grill or something like that for 50 bucks. You know, there's there's this mindset of, well, the celebrity made a mistake. Let him get over it. I'm fine with that. I mean, shoot, you look at in the case of the WWE, you have someone like a. Jake Roberts, who has been through hell and back, had drug and alcohol issues. I'm doing a deep dive in a few months about him because it very much reflected the relationship as a kid I had with my father who had drug and alcohol issues. And that was a person that at some times was seeking help and other times seeking attention by pretending to seek help. He at least made that effort when he was pretending. At no point did Hulk Hogan, did Terry Belay ever say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done it. 
Not yep. I'm sorry to anyone. The, the three people I offended. Not I'm sorry and wish you guys would move. Or not my. And this is my personal favorite. Not say what he said and then follow up a few months later. I said I was sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything Hogan could have said that would have resonated with you? You know, by now, um, especially when he first started speaking about the issue, that that would have made you think, okay. That that was a dark time in Hogan's life, even if it was two inc- incidents, uh, months apart. Um, and and I, I feel like I'm I'm hearing somebody who who really is truly regretful that he said things to try to impress uh, uh, dirtbag friends and and you know uh, trying to I guess impress his son uh, who didn't seem impressed. Um, is there any way he could have talked in a way that would have made you think, okay, you know, I actually think the spotlight being shined on the things he was saying changed him and made him look at himself differently. Like is, is that, is that something he could have done and missed the opportunity? I think so. And I, and for an example, I would point to James Gunn who recently got kicked off of the guardians of the galaxy project by Disney. After he was kicked off, he released a letter where he said, the things I said at the time were me. The person I am in 2018 is a person who's looked at those things and wanted to be a better person every day and has tried to do that for the past 10 years. That's easy. Own yeah. it. Yeah. I, I can't say this was a dark period of my life. I, he was like, hey, I wasn't a happy person then. I said these absolutely abhorrent things, you know, because for, for those who don't know, you can look it up. But James Gunn said some new things about children, all these things. And he was doing it from what he said was a place of humor. But it was something that was clearly seen in 2018 as just this isn't good. And then the issues behind why that was revealed at the time it did is a story for another day. But he didn't run and say, this is people who don't like the fact I speak out against the president bringing these things up to have me lose my job. He's like, it sucks. But that was me. And this is now also me. And I'm trying to be a better version of that person. At no point did Terry Bollea say that. At no point did he say, you know, I really wish I hadn't said those things. I really wish I hadn't said it to my son because that's now creating another generation. But I said them. I know that isn't in my heart now. And I, all I can do is show you otherwise. Yeah. He couldn't even say that to his coworkers. Hey, guys, the thing I want to talk to you today about, it's like one of those after school specials, is in the future, if you're going to do something uh, gnarly, make sure no one's recording it. Yep. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Okay, uh, one more question on the Hogan front. We'll move on to other topics. How do you anticipate WWE featuring Hogan tomorrow? I mean, Hogan is, I would argue, if memory serves me, I'd say if memory serves me right, 
he's featured a little more prominently in the then now forever than even Roman Reigns is right now. Um, you know, and, and he's at the beginning of it and, and at the forefront, um, Again, it, it feels like WWE is constantly tipping their toe in the water to see what the public reaction is going to be. Um, two, two things. That they want to go forward with it, but they have to feel it out. And it was a step back when, when Titus O'Neil and New Day uh, completely rejected Hogan's uh, bungled, inept, revealing uh, attempt at an apology, which turned into, uh, "Hey, we're all we're part of a brotherhood here as wrestlers, and you have to watch out for when there might be a you might be secretly recorded." I mean, it was just it was just jaw droppingly tone deaf and revealing. Um, how, how do you think WWE, given their history, the people involved, uh, will will portray Hogan on Friday and then on Monday and Tuesday on Raw and SmackDown or on WWE.com? How much of a clue is it that they've just quietly snuck him in? At the bottom of a list of talent that's appearing on the show, I think he's the thirteenth person out of thirteen. That's maybe the seventeenth out of sixteen because they're like rows of three. Whatever it is, he's the last person listed, and you have to click an extra time to see him. And they haven't made a big proclamation on their page about it as of this recording. Well, I mean, if you look at the WWE Twitter feed and website, when they had the NWO reunion, they tried to keep it as much as possible to NWO, not Hulk Hogan and the NWO. Yep. So I think that tells the story. Same thing as I joked on Monday. The small Every time I see the Crown Jewel logo, it gets smaller and smaller to the point where I think it's going to be like a two-point font thing that they stick in the corner and do similar to what they did uh, during, I want to say Monday, where they just kept it up all night. And, and not give you the opportunity to throw vitriol when it first pops up rather than slowly kind of like the analogy of, uh, you know, turning the heat up and boiling a toad one degree yeah. at a time. Yeah. Um, it's it's the same thing with Hogan. I think they're going to play dumb. They're going to mention, oh, by the way, Hulk Hogan was there. And when it comes time for WrestleMania, he'll be in an access package, but they won't necessarily shout it to the rooftops. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's cover some other topics here. And let's go. I mentioned Roman Reigns a moment ago. Um, a top star in WWE for years, not necessarily the fans' choice during stretches of time, announced uh, uh, last Monday, uh, a week and a half ago, uh, that he is uh, relinquishing the Universal title, taking leave of absence indefinitely to battle leukemia. Um, I mean, a, a shocking moment. How do you feel about how WWE has handled this? We're, we're over a week past the announcement. We've seen how it was handled on SmackDown the next night and then uh, how it was handled on Raw and SmackDown uh, this week. Not much on SmackDown this week, but it continues to be talked about on Raw because of Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. And in, incorporated into that also, the idea of, of announcing it live on television without informing his colleagues and friends before he announced it live on TV, including those who were wrestling um, a few hours uh, southwest at a SmackDown house show who had to find out through text messages and such. Um, all of that. How, how do you think WWE? Uh, how do you grade them? How do you assess how they've handled the the Roman Reigns news so far? Well, I think it's on two fronts. One, if that's how he wanted to present it, and he wanted to keep it to himself, I think you and Travis mentioned last week the possibility that perhaps he knew he only had one of these speeches in him, and he couldn't do it in the back and complete it out in front without at some point him breaking down. I respect the heck out of that. What I don't respect is, and what I had. Uh, difficulty agreeing with Travis and his rebuttal of your opinion of what went down Monday was it wasn't just that they mentioned Roman's leukemia and they gave him the thank you Roman moment and they followed it up throughout the night kind of giving him these words of wisdom it's how you look at the whole show and how it was framed 
we just finished talking about Hulk Hogan. And one of the people, again, you mentioned that he spoke out against him was Titus O'Neil. You have Roman mentioned his leukemia. You have Titus O'Neil come out on that same Monday and award championship belts to women who had breast cancer, talking about his grandmother's struggles with cancer and how that was important to him and how life-changing it was for him. Then you have the Dean Ambrose situation after having dedicated the match to, to, to Roman. This week, you do the same thing, but instead of it being Titus, you talk about children's cancer and how they visited these cancer uh, wards, and then you cut to the promo about you couldn't even wait for Roman's day. You, you know, Roman's day was when you decided to do this, Dean, and you're a scumbag, and your mama hates you and all this stuff. And I, I don't like it. I don't like it. And so many people have done the whataboutism game with it where, you know, my buddy Shahid, who calls into the East Coast cast all the time, I hadn't been watching WWE at the time, so I don't have a frame of reference of the Eddie situation. I I was in grad school, so I didn't really my, – my brain was focused on grad school, so I couldn't watch wrestling. And so I missed that period of time. But even if I had been there, just because they were that disgusting during the death of Eddie Guerrero doesn't mean this is any less icky, if that makes sense. With, with Roman Reigns being uh... – Gone for now. Um, WWE trying to transfer the 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 emotion of losing Roman to to brand building, but also feud building. Um, how how different would the angle have to have been if Dean Ambrose turned on Seth the following Monday? Like when I look at the timeline right now, I don't really see any sense of urgency given what the what's going on at Crown Jewel. And evolution and Survivor Series hype. I, I just sense zero sense of urgency to get the Seth, uh, the the Dean turn on Seth in on that Monday. And and while I, I my outrage uh, was dampened by the fact that so many people didn't were able to compartmentalize or or, or weren't upset by it. Um, and I was like, okay. I mean, if it if that's how so many people feel, even if it's not the choice I would have made. Um, I, I'm I'm less outraged than if if everybody just sort of felt like it was God. It was just jarring, and it felt like it took something. It, it cheapened uh, a real life moment. But I I just look back and I just to me there's no there's no rationalization for doing it on that show other than exploiting the emotions people were feeling about the real life rain situation. And what was the upside to it? What did they get when Dean came into the crowd? As one of the callers mentioned on your post show. What was there vociferous booze? No, it was, oh, crap, Dean Ambrose is right next to me. Sweet. Yeah. It, it, there, there is no you are the devil. Like when Seth, when Seth Rollins turned on his brothers in the shield and even in his promo, I was thinking back and I'm like, you're right. Like even when you did that, I didn't sell out. I bought in. And he gave you the ethos for what heel Seth Rollins was. We still haven't figured out what face Seth Rollins is. But now we add on the addendum of Roman Reigns cancer defender. And I don't know what that does for him either, because eventually, if he keeps having to mention it, it's going to be akin to when people would have to mention the bunkhouse stampede or Dusty giving him a boot to give him good luck and all that silliness, because it's it's the specter in the room, so to speak. But you don't have to be uh, so crass about it. Yeah. And it also creates a, a I don't know if I was the only person that noticed this, but it makes this negative zone for Renee, because anytime that stuff comes up, she is silent. It you is no. It, it's going to be awkward for her in general, you know, as as they've acknowledged that they're in a relationship, and uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure the best way to handle it. It's just bad timing for the color commentary on the same brand that her husband is is doing despicable things um, that she is at times being asked to comment on. I, I think her just being able to say, "Well, I'm just not." That's his business, and I'm I'm doing my job. Almost like, hey, don't don't make me answer for quote my man uh, in 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 a way that just says let me do my job is probably the best out. And for, for me, I would accept that up until I saw evolution, because during evolution, she was pro Bella because of her relationship to them on Total Bellas. Mm, yes. Every single time someone yep. would say something about them, she was like, no, these are women. These are strong women. And Rhonda had no business saying what she said. She does not know their story. And I was like, well, OK, if you want to play this game of reality versus, you know, kayfabe, you got to play it both ways. You can't just pretend like Dean Ambrose is the stranger you ran into and you're like my stars and garters, this evil man. I will shut my mouth in preparation for what ills he has portended for the world you know it's just you, you i was really struck by that because everyone else to the point where she became i wrote on twitter she became the Corey graves of that announced team how over the top she was defending nikki in particular and it was jarring i mean the match was great but that to me was like whoa i've never seen renee be the quote-unquote heel commentator but for her in her universe, it made sense. So I was like, okay, why would this not make sense in your universe? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I have not had the chance to talk about Harry's Razors in a while, but they're back as a sponsor of the program and I'm happy to endorse this product. It is my razor of choice now, and I highly recommend you check it out if you shave. Uh, Harry's razors are great. The, the, the packaging that they come in, the, the craftsmanship of what you hold in your hand, the balance, the sense of quality is all important when you're putting something sharp up against your skin and you want it to feel good and leave your skin feeling good, but also accomplish its task of giving you a clean shave. Harry's does all of that. It's got a smooth, comfortable glide. It just feels right in your hand. Uh, those cheap plastic razors or the imitations out there that try to look fancy and you overpay for don't have the same feel. Of Harry's stands behind the quality of their blades, but they know switching razors isn't an easy decision, so they created a trial offer. And you can claim yours by going to harrys.com slash pwtorch. That's right, harrys.com slash pwtorch to redeem your offer. You can redeem your trial set at harrys.com slash pwtorch. You get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, a travel blade cover, all in pretty cool packaging. And if you end up liking Harry's, 
Well, you can save money in the long run because by selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's can offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brand. Just $2 per blade compared to $4 or more. So check it out. Go get your free $13 value trial set with everything you need at harrys.com slash PWTorch. I'm going to add an addendum uh, to our Hogan story just because as we're recording this, it's a developing story. I got a, a Twitter alert. He has been removed from the page that he was added to this morning, Rich. <laughs> He's not on it. I, I, too soon, too soon, too I soon. Did, abort, abort. I did a screen capture once I saw the, the Twitter alert uh, from someone pointing it out on Twitter to me. I did a screen capture because I'm like, I'm not going to hit refresh because I want there to be evidence, not that there wasn't plenty out there already. I hit refresh, and he's gone. And they've added, like, Ray Mysterio, Jeff Hardy, Kurt Angle, and The Miz to the page, uh, among perhaps some others. But Hogan is gone. And so you wonder if he was at one point scheduled and it was timed, you know, to, to like – or somebody didn't get... The, I mean, there's all these house show lineups that they send out to arenas, and arenas, you know, are still advertising matches with wrestlers teaming who are broken up and take uh, championships on wrestlers who lost belts weeks ago. And so one department doesn't always communicate with another. I can't imagine WWE not having, with everything going on, having their finger on the pulse of, of Hulk Hogan announcements more carefully than this. What, what's, your, what's your gut reaction hunch tell you just happened? My gut reaction is someone, again, with the left hand wasn't talking to the right hand. I think I'm going to be just the pragmatic, you know, darkest timeline side of it. I think he's still going, but they didn't want to advertise it. Much like when they took Crown Jewel off of their tickets page and then magically added it and then took it away and then it sold out. And how they are having Crown Jewel, which has become a global pay-per-view event as opposed to taking place in Saudi Arabia. I was going to say, is that like WrestleMania? Uh, was that two or three where it's in like seven locations at once? We're going to have a little bit in like Portland, Oregon. You're going to have something in like uh, <laughs> Florence, Italy. And then you're going to have – is it like that? Or w w what do they mean by global? Because I, I, I have some friends with some money and they might be able to fly me there. And there was some talk of the AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan match being at the Performance Center. Uh, as opposed to in Saudi Arabia, since Daniel Bryan didn't want to go to Saudi Arabia. So, all right. Um, uh, let's use that as a transition here. Uh, John Cena uh, and Daniel Bryan report surfaced last week that they did not want to go to Saudi Arabia. And uh, this week the, on Raw and SmackDown, respectively, they were written out of storylines. And so AJ Styles taking on Samoa Joe instead. L uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, d does, to me, Daniel Bryan deserves more praise than Cena based on based on the information we have so far only because Cena has a career outside of WWE he's trying to protect and Daniel Bryan doesn't so Daniel Bryan by making this decision and being the lone wrestler who's full-time on the roster to say count me out he's his primary income source is WWE and he is saying I'm gonna roll the dice I'm standing on principle I don't want to go there John Cena has not publicly taken a stand that I've seen as of this recording, explaining it was a moral is that it was a moral decision that I learned more. New, there's been new developments. I learned more. I, I uh, regret and retract what I said last time I was there, and I want nothing to do with that regime. He didn't say anything like that. So to me, it's good he did it. Not saying it's bad, but the reasons he did it seems to be more of a pragmatic calculation of what's best for my career outside of WWE. And he's a big enough star with enough clout that WWE, even if they hold this against him, and they might, they might not be pleased with them, 
they, 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 he's too big of a star to just completely write off entirely um, when it's not a scandal like with Hulk Hogan that took him out of the public eye, but simply a, dis- a pragmatic business decision at, at the very least. Your, your thoughts? Well, for me, I think I see that point. But I also see that, and you can correct me because you would know this more than I would, um, at the time that they both came up as free agents, it was reported that Daniel Bryan and John Cena had the same agent. So for me, that made sense that those would be one of the only two people because they would be two of the only people on the roster, at least in recent memory, that knows what's on their contract and what they can do and not have at least legal ramifications for it. Yeah. Um, for for Brian, he's not. He hasn't done the same. He he hasn't um, put out a tweet or you know he spent more time talking about his wife being internet bullied than why he's not going. The only person I would argue that deserves credit for any of this is Sami Zayn, who has from the start of the Khashoggi situation tweeted his displeasure with it and support for um, the family and against the Saudi regime. Now, he can do that because he's currently on the shelf, but being on the shelf and Canadian and of a lineage that somehow bans him from Saudi Arabia to begin with, he he did he could have just kept his mouth shut and he kind of pushed against the system more than either of them. But I think in the case of John Cena, as you mentioned uh, when you talked to Bruce and elsewhere, yeah, he got eviscerated by John Oliver. And I think for him, there isn't a way out. If he does speak, it's going to be seen as him just being, again, even more pragmatic and as robotic as John Cena is when he <laughs> talks. It's, it's, I love him. I'm a, I'm a staunch Cena defender. And I always point back to the things he does and doesn't say anything rather than the things he actually does say because sometimes he does say some stupid things. For instance, when he did the ad council presentation where he talked about the actual – um, by the numbers representation of everyone in the United States. That was something he did on his own. It wasn't something WWE did and could take credit for. So the first time it was like a, what, minute and a half ad. The second, every other time since to this day, it's been like two and a half, three years. It's like a 10 second thing if you ever see it on WWE television. So I think he's smart enough to realize the world he lives in and kind of has eyes outside of the elevator laden palace he lives in, but he also is smart enough to know at this point, much like the rock, because I don't know if you saw this, but the rock's been catching it left, right and center as well. And he's not said a word because again, he's in the same position. You can talk about how many, he he called a clickbait. He called the the, the, uh, reporter asking him about a clickbait. And and, and in a way, and if we take a step back, he's kind of right because that article, the first person who gets it, is going to create 57,000 sub-articles. I mean I can look at every time you put something up on the torch. There's 87 wrestling with a Z sites that are going to put up bastardized versions of it and claim it as their own. So I can only imagine if Brock says Saudi Arabian MBS – you know, MBS is uh, no bueno is going to be like the telephone game to – uh, Muhammad bin Salam is now, you know, the Rock's best friend, and here's how they're secretly keeping in track by Twitter. So I. But, but get that's it. not what that reporter did. That reporter asked a legitimate question about the last time the Rock spoke publicly about the Crown Prince, and like to to, to accuse that that credible reporter for clickbait for simply doing their job, and the only way for them to do their job is to have a clickable link to an article that creates a legitimate. That, that, that is part of a legitimate story for someone who benefits greatly from his being in the public eye as a celebrity, 
who voluntarily spoke glowingly about this this being wined and dined and impressed, uh, figuratively speaking, by the <laughs> Saudi crown prince. Um, I, I I just thought that was that was a. a in uh, an embarrassing moment for for Dwayne Johnson, um, it, it came across as defensive and thin skinned um, and petulant and privileged. And that's, I mean, those are all right, and that's him responding. Cena probably took a look at that and said, "Nope, I will play dumb and wait for the Bumblebee movie to come out, and I will robot walk myself down the aisle and pretend like nothing happened." Uh, I think your question, similar to the question that the person asked The Rock, is a great one for Cena. The next time he is out there, hey, why didn't you go? Or if you know, if I was his agent, I would have him go on John Oliver and say why he didn't go. That yes, boy, wouldn't that be? I mean, I, I and do you have confidence in in uh, in Cena to be able to handle that situation? Oh, he could. I, I haven't seen him in things like uh, not just Saturday Night Live, but some of the other. Uh, not just movies, but situations where he's had his hair down and he's talked even in uh, about the family relationship he's had and how much of himself he has to wall up because of the way he was raised. I think that would be a great environment for him because he could just either go in and take it and be a good sport about it and own it. He would, I argue, and this is something, you know, facts, not in evidence. I'm sure uh, Todd, wherever he is on the Jericho cruise, <laughs> would, uh, would shake his fist at me and object. But I would posit that he would do a better job with a non-apology about Crown Jewel going the first time than Hogan has done in the past X number of years defending himself. Like he would go on there, take it and say, hey, you know what? Sometimes you just got to look in the mirror and say, who is the guy? Can I look in this mirror at the man that's doing what I'm doing? Can I? No, I can't. Okay, then I can't go there. And that's nothing against any of my coworkers. Like you said, there's nothing against. Yeah. They have to do what they have to do. But for me, at this point in my life and my career, I have to. I had to go a different way. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, and that's the, the delicate aspect of this, is any wrestler who conscientiously objects or pragmatically for their career outside of WWE objects, if they explain it, it can come across. I mean, how bad does it make Samoa Joe look if Daniel Bryan makes a really eloquent argument about why he stepped out of the match with AJ? Does it make AJ look bad by comparison? Uh, is it, like So th- that's where John Cena's like, if he goes and explains himself and does so artfully, uh, does it... Does that leave himself open to quite the comeback follow-up question from John Oliver that then ends up bearing WWE for uh, what appears like a blood money grab? I, 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 we're going to decide this is a cause worth fighting for in the world, 
and to to put themselves in a position to be like, well, we're doing this because it'll you know help Saudi Arabia progress as a society. As I told the Associated Press in a story they ran earlier this week, there's a lot of good they can do for the world where they're not being handed tens of millions of dollars to produce propaganda based on the goodwill that they built up with their fan base for a regime that hasn't changed yet uh, enough to make the case that WWE should in- implicitly endorse them by doing business with them. WWE can make more change by saying, you want us to run a dream show in front of your people and 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 send the, send the message to the world that you're a country that we should do business with. Well, let's see some positive change first, not just lip service and whining dining of celebrities who then Instagram and tweet about uh, how, how gracious the crown prince was when he was whining and dining them. I, I, like, I just, I don't buy it. I mean, we talked about I th- it was actually perfect timing. The last Saudi show you had me on afterward, and we remarked how funny it was that Finn Balor's wash was the week that they went to Saudi Arabia after having spent three months wearing his Balor for Everyone rainbow themed gear. Yes, yes. And so the the okay. and, and by the way, how cowardly is it of WWE? I should say I don't cowardly is a word. I maybe I'll maybe have to rethink that. But to not ever acknowledge or talk about why he wears that, like they want to have it both ways. They don't want to offend people who aren't for the LGBTQ community, but they want people who are to think Finn Balor's sending a, a, a secret uh, dog whistle message to them that I'm that I'm for you and I'm for everybody. It's like just I mean, and and they've done that in other ways, but I haven't seen they, they you know everybody's against breast cancer, everybody's yeah. against children's cancer, and so when are they going to be for something that's controversial in certain circles, but they believe in? Like this, that's part of this whole charitable thing is you can say, well, they're a corporation, they're being pragmatic and corporate and, and uh, it, it's it's through these kinds of endeavors of charitable work that that corporations are going to win. It's public relations. Even Stephanie retweeted uh, uh, that at a uh, business conference. Um, and so to me, the, the Finn Balor thing, yes, not only is it, wow, he doesn't wear it when he goes to Saudi Arabia, but even taking a step back, he just started wearing it, and they want credit for it without ever talking about it on, on their flagship shows. Shoot, I'd go one step further. We talk about uh, Susan B. Komen, and you know Travis is really eloquent at breaking down how much money actually gets uh-huh. to the patients as opposed to the administrative side of things. Yep. But why don't you even see something for GLAD? Why don't you see something? Why wasn't there a Finn Balor? On Monday for Thursday in October for National Coming Out Day. Why wasn't a salute to the brave people like I don't know Titus O'Neil's old partner who came out as a professional wrestler? Why is why why were there why why do you uh, say the uh, why do, why don't you talk about Daria Baronado uh, and her coming out on Tough Enough with Hulk Hogan? Yeah. Where are these things? There's it's so easy. Especially when you say that uh, philanthropy is the new marketing, it's so easy for you to throw those things. But there, like you say, there are certain things they're willing to mention, and certain things they're not willing to mention. And and it's always it, safe, and it's al- yeah. it's it's always the safest charities. They're not ta- the, the, the and that's what's so inconsistent with Saudi Arabia. Well, it's controversial to go to Saudi Arabia, but the PR spin that either are, is being propagated by people in power or repeated by people who maybe are just repeating it to try to endear themselves to management. Uh, whether it's Randy Orton, Jerry Lawler, JBL, whomever, this idea that we're going to Saudi Arabia to make positive change, it's like you wouldn't go there if they weren't paying grotesquely above market value for a live event. So the one thing that you do to try to change the world for the better that's controversial comes with a possible billion-dollar windfall, up to a billion-dollar windfall. 
hundreds of millions of dollars. But when you can do something that makes a difference for people who aren't the top level, everybody agree charities like breast cancer and children's cancer, where are you? Well, if, some, if, if LGBTQ had a billion dollars to throw their way, I bet Finn Balor would be talking about it. They'd be talking about it, and they'd be talking about the, the coming out day like you did. So this, it, it just I guess what's distasteful isn't that charities are benefiting. That's, of course, always beneficial, even no. if it's not a perfect charity. This is an anti-charity. It's that WWE wants credit for taking the absolute safest route of least resistance and then want credit for doing something braver than that. Yeah, it, it, it's very funny to me. For instance, you look at in the past, Rob Van Dam would never go to the tribute to the troop shows. Yeah, that just wasn't his bag. And you would very clearly see on television he would pay the penalty for that. So I'm very interested to see how Daniel Bryan goes forward in the next few months. Does magically Samoa Joe now win the WWE title? Yeah. Well, does he get the attaboy? No, exactly. Now, I think there's enough of a spotlight on this that we could see WWE push Daniel Bryan harder than they even planned to in order to prove a point. Now, I'm not sure that's the way they usually work, but this is so high profile and people are so going to be looking for it that I wonder, and it, it might be smart. I hate to give them devious PR tips, but mega pushing Daniel Bryan right now would actually be the the best thing for them to do. But I think internally... There's a chance that a good chance that they look at situations like this and say, we need to send a message to the locker room. We all need to be in lockstep. And any dissent, ironically, given what they're trying to change about Saudi Arabia, any dissent will, will be a price comes for a price comes with any dissent within our ranks. Yeah, shoot. I, I, I would to, to, to take a page out of your book there. Travis and I a few weeks ago did a uh, very like pragmatic House of Cards style uh, view to Crown Jewel. And yeah. the thing I told him, and he was very proud of it because he was like, I, I've been hanging out with him too much, is if I were them and I absolutely wanted to be the winner in this, I would have done a free show in Puerto Rico and given the benefits to the people of Ooh, Puerto Rico. That's awesome. Yes. Yep. It's like you have you have no no one can get on you for it. You're putting the show on. You're not putting it on with the, any of the local affiliated uh, people, so you don't have the stench of bruiser or anything like that on you. You look like a million bucks. You lose maybe fifty million dollars, but you gain goodwill that you can't. You not even Vince McMahon could burn through the goodwill you could have gotten through with that. But instead, again, that's not a safe charity, quote unquote. Because currently, uh, you know, being in the administration, the president doesn't necessarily want people to look at Puerto Rico. So that wouldn't have been the smartest thing there. So this is all everything lines up because not only do you not get not only do you get the attaboy and the paycheck from Saudi Arabia, you also get uh, the current administration nodding along saying, yes, just like our weapons deals. This is a deal we agree you agreed to. And you're as a small business, quote unquote, you should be trying to keep the coffers as full as possible. How much pain, how much damage has been inflicted on WWE in terms of goodwill, public relations? They've spent years trying to build an image as a do-good corporation. Uh, Taking the safest route possible at almost every turn. Um, But they have worked indisputably very, very hard to try to portray themselves as more than an entertainment company. But a good corporate citizen doing good for the world beyond bringing smiles to people's faces who go to our shows. How much damage is really done here? Is this one of those stories that people get outraged, but then they go, but I got to see Ronda Rousey against Becky Lynch, so I'm going to renew my membership to the WWE Network, even though I I canceled in protest. 
How many people do you think canceled in protest? How many people are going to actually spend less money or watch WWE less? How many sponsors are they going to lose? How I mean, like, what price do they pay? Because they're when they say this was a difficult decision, that's all they've said. They didn't say morally it was difficult. They might have meant that. They didn't say it was a, a difficult decision to quantify uh, from from a dollars and cents standpoint, but certainly it is. It's it's abstract. It's it's territory they've been to before, but not the exact scenario. So, how much of a price do you think they really are going to pay for this? And 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 how much do you think that dictates the decisions they've made so far? I think it's uh, as Daniel Keister would say, it's more of an opportunity cost situation. We've already gone this far. Does it does it hurt us more to dig out or to keep yeah. digging? Yeah. And I think in this case, it, they they did the math and it's like, just keep digging. And eventually, sure, they're at a level. And, you know, you've mentioned this for years where they've kind of eroded the fan base to like the most ardent fans. And so when you're down to your most ardent fans, you're going to have far more forgiving fans of the missteps because they're team over player. Again, if I could use a football yeah. analogy. Yeah. So if – they feel like Jimmy like, Butler well, often says that. Oh, wait, no, he doesn't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would welcome Jimmy Butler to my Knicks. But right now I'm working. I'm, I'm hoping Chris stops. You know, his leg doesn't fall off in the next three months. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Jimmy Butler is a great example. You have a guy who has said point blank. This is my show. If you got a problem with that. Well, I'm on the team. So until I'm off it, you're not going to have a problem. Uh with the WWE, you know, the fan base is not like you in the stands, you know, raiding a throw popcorn at them as the old person like guffaws and gives you a fist of derision. Most people are going to be like if I'm in the crowd, most people would be throwing their fist at me because I'm the one saying, hey, guys, why are why are you cheering Vince McMahon when he comes out for SmackDown 1000? Didn't we just go over this last time he came out? You talk about how much the show is not run well. You talk about how unfair it is that this person gets pushed or this person or these people are treated this way or this race is portrayed a different. But as soon as no chance in hell comes out, you're singing along and you're bowing events and saying not worthy. What is the and that's what it is. You have these super ardent fans. So I think the payment with the, 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 the pain from the fans won't be there. Wall Street will be there because they can see the writing on the walls of the repercussions of some of this. But then if we get, you know, I'm, I am not equipped, so I will not try to dive into it. But a lot of the machinations going on on the global market economy that can lead to some uh, financial distress in the next few years, that is something they're going to have to pay for. But if you have the Saudi money in your back pocket, that's your rainy day fund. So how do you feel about what a fan can do who WWE is a big part of life? Um, it's a big part of their entertainment. They feel invested in it. What? But if they're disgusted or dismayed or disappointed, copyright Paul Heyman, in WWE's decision here, what is the best way to show that? WWE keeps track of ebbs and flows in network subscriptions. They keep track of how many people view Crown Jewel uh, compared to the first event and in general. I mean, it's like, is it something? Is it enough to just say, yeah, I'm going to cancel my subscription for two days? Or one week, you know, to, to kind of let them know, I don't even want to be a member when Crown Jewel airs, so I'm going to cancel Thursday and renew Saturday. And because uh, I've heard people talk about that. Uh, people have emailed me and said, you know, what, what can I do? Or here's what I plan to do. And they want to do something to send a message. And then another thing is if you are just not going to cancel, you just don't watch the event you would normally watch. So viewership goes down. And that's a tough decision. There's some big matches that are it's like not watching game five of the world series of your favorite teams it's not game seven it's not wrestlemania but it's not nothing and if you 
are you cheating yourself out of something that entertains you and wrestlers you follow? And is that fair just because it's in Saudi Arabia? So where are you on this? Oh, well, I won't be watching. I will instead because it's noon Friday anyway. So I I had the ability to watch, but I I will be doing anything else. Uh, And then I won't be watching a replay of it. I figure by Monday they'll do the still photos that recap whatever was important, which I doubt will be much outside of the WWE Universal Championship uh, and the world title uh, and maybe perhaps a title change or two at the tag scene. And who won the World Cup to determine the best in the world? trademark uh even no one's even talked about that you know the very fact that qatar got the world cup and so in order to give a middle finger to them you create here's your world cup and everything you could to coddle you know this regime is just it sickens me so for me i'm just not going to watch it it pays it makes no sense for me to do it i have no interest in uh being associated with that event even you know you know i figure there's someone else either at the torch or elsewhere who's going to cover it I'm instead going to spend my lunch hour eating my lunch, watching some WXW and marveling at Alan Cunahan's near encyclopedic mind when it comes to all things pro wrestling and catch up on the tag league. Because there are is, you know, I'm a big fan of Stephen King and and the uh, and his gunslinger series with the Dark Tower. There's a character, Jake, and before he falls, there's a, he's like, there are other worlds than these. And for me with wrestling, that's the same thing. There are other worlds than these. I don't need wwe is my end-all be-all but uh if that shows that less than one percent of people have changed their viewing habits great if not i know for me personally that's what i'm gonna do and you know if there's something else someone thinks that's far more uh visible sure i'd be open to it but i I just don't see it as something that's in my wheelhouse okay Let's uh, let's turn the page here uh, and and go to something less controversial because it's been just what a what a week what a month what a stretch of time for WWE. But Survivor Series is right around the corner now. I I, I will have uh, some uh, good natured uh, rants about this whole phony brand supremacy thing that WWE props up for the weeks leading up to Survivor Series. I will be so happy the day after Survivor Series or the week after, I guess. When the nonsense of how some arbitrary matches prove which brand is supreme, um, but uh, but in the meantime, uh, we're just getting revved up. We got a few weeks of this. Uh, Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey is is I think the most intriguing match that I can imagine that would be a brand versus brand match at Survivor Series. I think this is a great opportunity for both Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch to impress their fans and and just WWE viewers in general. Um, in a way that they couldn't without exactly that opponent. In other words, Ronda has a chance to have the match of her career and be challenged on promos by somebody who's going to be really good, I think, at if, if they go face-to-face at all, uh, again, at bringing some good promos out of her, even if it's long distance and a day apart, it'll be good. And then Becky Lynch has a chance to elevate herself to another level because she's going to get the rub against somebody of Ronda Rousey's stature. So, specifically about Ronda and Becky, your thoughts on on that match, the hype, and if you agree with me that both can stand to benefit or, or are prone to benefit a lot from this. And in general, um, well, let's let's stick with that because I don't want to throw too many at you at once. Okay. Well, first, just before we get things started, I am a team blue for life. So just for future bookings, (laughs) if it's not the blue brand, I I may have to respectfully decline during Survivor Series season. Uh, (laughs) But you are on the you are on the blue brand of the Wade Keller Processing Podcast. So keep that in mind. 
So that's good. That's yes, good. Yes. I, I was happy about that. Very yes. happy. Um, so in terms of Ron and Becky, I think it's magnificent. I love, I love Be- Becky's promo where she said that Ronda's opponents were always beaten before they got into the ring and you've never faced someone as mentally tough as I am. And it, highlights even with the the instagram and the facebook and twitter post she put up where she said you know i went on this journey and i didn't think you'd come along with me but thanks and it's just so great to see her at this level of confidence and going up against aronda someone who is never going to back down who's she can't call her a do nothing becky you know or anything like that she's she she is a do something woman so and and even the shirt like that's right out of 80s wrestling i am the man and just, I wanted her, you know, if she, I'd go a step further. It's like, I broke Charlotte's arm just to take a page out of the old, uh, I broke Wahoo's lead t-shirt. <laughs> but that would be like, to me, my personal Nirvana. But I think this is great because they do have these areas they need. Like Rhonda's esoteric walk through the tulips interviews get a little scary sometimes. <laughs> but I think if she has a focus on Becky and just like when they kind of teased it a little bit with Oscar, you have someone who also is the master of the arm bar. So now even that can come into yes. the conversation and who does it the better way. And the disarmer versus, I don't think Rhonda has an official name for hers. Um, that just builds. And then, yeah, hopefully I do. I, I just don't want it to be something where it's the invasion situation. I want it to be like a neutral site. Uh, kind of a Frost Nixon situation where you just sit down and whoever the moderator is gets to handle them talking to each other. I'd prefer it not be in the ring. I'd like it to be something that's a little more uh, edited and directed so that we can kind of keep Rhonda's worst impulses from sliding out. It's like, okay, exploding Noema is not a phrase someone should say on television. Let's just say challenge accepted. How about that, Rhonda? <laughs> you know, things like that. Yeah. Because she, when she started talking about smallpox, I, I was like, whoa, this is a, I get you're angry, but like, this is like someone writing the angry Yelp review and they've taken five copies and three bottles of wine to figure out what they're going to say. So I don't want that Rhonda. I want the focus Rhonda and I want the focus Becky. And I think that'll make them both look like a million bucks. And I think they'll both get cheered. From, from a, uh, a, a Becky Lynch star boosting opportunity versus Becky Lynch is defined down as as uh, 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 not in Ronda's league in terms of star power. What's more likely to happen, we, we, given the reality of how WWE looks at both stars, how much each of them are paid, um, they're, they're in, how incorporated they are into long-term planning, and obviously just wrestling fans I don't think care uh, greatly uh, about Ronda Rousey being an MMA star versus Becky Lynch being a homegrown WWE star, because to WWE fans... That makes you a big star. They're they're taught that you're a superstar from the second you sign a contract. Even before anyone knows your name, you're a superstar. Um, And so to fans, I think they see Becky as a big star, but their star. So, But the reality is WWE management knows what they're paying Ronda, and they know what they're paying Becky. And I I do not have uh, faith in WWE treating them as equals or, or seeing this as an opportunity to give a boost to Becky. I worry that Becky is just a vessel to move Ronda to the next level, but but I'm not sure. And and so I, I try to be more optimistic in this regard because I think Becky is is getting such focus, so much TV time, doing so well, even and, and the fans cheering her despite the heel push, as much as it might upset WWE in certain ways, sends a message about Becky being a star in the eyes of fans. So I, I'm more optimistic than pessimistic that they'll protect Becky here. Where are you? I I, I am I'm following on the more optimistic side, and I think. When you look at Becky compared to the other women, 
it's really interesting because out of the four horsewomen of the WWE import, she was the only one not to win the NXT title. She was the one that was kind of seen as the other. So when she got up to the main roster, she had to already prove a lot to get to this point where she is the first one, not Charlotte. She's the first champion versus champion that Ronda is going up against. It shows one that there is some level of appreciation for her in on in, at least backstage. And two, this gives her the opportunity to, for, again, just like she has for the last three, four months, force the issue. If the plans are for her to be a speed bump, she can change that just by being in that match and doing what AJ Styles did with Roman Reigns after that not what they wanted WrestleMania match against Jericho where Vince McMahon's eyes were open to this guy can go. And she might also be able, again, follow in AJ's footsteps and do what AJ did when he went up against Brock and champion versus champion. You knew who the corporate guy was, but you also knew that AJ got his licks in and he looked the part. And I think I'm not expecting for... You know, I'm not under any illusions that uh, Becky's going to win, but I'm also not under any illusions that Becky's going to get washed in like 38 seconds. Like this is a UFC fight. Should, should Becky lose or because Ronda shouldn't lose? I mean, as much as I'm a fan of Becky and her upside, you don't spend a Ronda loss now. Um, not on a brand versus brand one off match. But uh, do you actually protect Becky in the sense that you have Charlotte or the three of the four horsemen of them uh, for three of the four horsewomen of MMA interfere, or that's Natalia's turn. Like, is there, do you do an angle to protect Becky in the process of getting through this match? I would. And I was working through the machinations of it. And it's tough because if the horsewomen interfere, Ronda loses by DQ. If it's something where it's the three of them and somehow Charlotte decides to defend Becky and Bailey and Sasha join in and it's a no contest that might work a little better, but getting to that point would be a little tougher to me. I think it'd be better if Becky just, she Ronda's the better woman on that day. She goes for the disarmer. It's a quick reversal, no shenanigans. She taps out. The champ can nod at her. They can tap belts and walk into the sunset. It doesn't have to be uh, too uh, it, has, it doesn't have to be too dramatic to, for Becky still to be seen as, you know, on her level. What I wouldn't want to see, though, is uh, – or actually what I would want to see, actually, is if they are going to keep going through, especially the way they're portraying Shayna, it wouldn't hurt for Becky to join the horsewomen, that horsewomen group, and they beat down Ronda. Yeah. Yeah. For leaving them behind in NXT. And she could say those guys left me behind in NXT and I had to crawl, crawl up too. So why would I want to be with Charlotte? I can be with you guys. If there's that that backstory that they can tie together, uh, you can make it work. I mean, fans don't have a big investment in the four horsewomen of MMA. I mean, it's a, it's I, I would I would it'd be, I'd be interested to interview every single fan who attended Raw and SmackDown this week and ask how many of them could identify the three women in a lineup and know even close to their names or know what their nickname is. I mean, it's a tiny percentage. So WWE right. can tell this story; it's legit. Introduce Becky, and I don't think the the ninety you know ninety five plus percent uh, are going to say that doesn't feel authentic to me because they have nothing authentic to to you know to to stray from because they don't have it set in their mind. This also could be as simple as as Natalia helps Ronda Rousey win. Ronda Rousey isn't appreciative enough because she didn't need her help, but Natalia thought she did because Becky's had so many more matches than her and she knows how tough she is. And then Natalia's upset with Ronda not being appreciative of her, and it plants the seed. Orndorff Hogan style for something that happens down the line later. So, I, I, again, I, we could come up with 12 other scenarios. I think there is an mm-hmm. out, in other words. There's some fun yeah. 
directions. And I suspect WWE and Vince McMahon have something specific in mind at this point. Whether it is, like you said, Becky looks great, gets 60% of the offense, but ends up in a bad position and taps, fine. Um, you can do something where was her foot in the rope or not um, before the referee. You know, if, if Becky reaches the rope but barely touches it, should it have been a break before she tapped? Just a little bit of an out for Becky to to claim to the SmackDown audience, I only tapped because the ref didn't see that I that I had my foot under the rope or my hand touched the rope. So th- there's so many ways you can get out of this. I'm curious if WWE bothers to do that or if they think, no, we just want to give Ronda a clean win, uh, Becky will be fine, and Becky's not at Ronda's level. That's that's a key match to watch at Survivor Series and a key storyline to kind of watch play out. I agree completely, and I really enjoy the idea of it because when Roman did his deal of uh, kind of beating through people and trying to do the Open, it, it kind of smacked a little bit of the John Cena U.S. Open. With this, I don't feel it being the same vibe, I don't know about you, Wade, of – when AJ had to be basically a make good in order to be the champion versus champion match with Brock or the make good with him versus Finn. Yeah. Cause I remember there were two situations where that happened and it's just, Oh, we're going to make this a super show and bring over AJ style. This is just, this seems like these two women are on a collision course cause they are running through their opponents. Let's see what happens. All right. Moving away from WWE for a moment. What do you make of Cody, Cody Rhodes, um, saying on social media that he is not going to be at the MSG ROH show, uh, New Japan show, uh, WrestleMania weekend, um, also declaring that uh, he won't be on the next uh, big ROH pay-per-view. Or no, I guess that, I think that actually is what he was talking about. Uh, but he, he's saying he will not be uh, uh, taking on uh, Nick Aldis for the NWA title when that was brought up. Um, he's giving... It, but also saying he won't he, on the uh, Jericho Cruise, um, saying that that he will not be going to WWE. That's not his intent. It seems like those statements lend credence to the idea that he'll be part of some new group that's being that you know some highly backed fi- financially backed new organization that will have some sort of TV clearance to make the type of money it would take to keep Cody. With them, but not ROH in New Japan and not uh, WWE to, to satisfy him and in, in his you know financial aspirations to cash in on on his fame. But I don't know. I, there could be red herrings being thrown out there. There can be twists and turns. What what's your interpretation of what you've seen and read out there? And and what do you think of how Cody is marketing himself and his uh, uh, eventual around the corner here free agent status? I think he's doing a good job, and I think all of them are doing a good job of selling themselves is open to the highest bidder. And I think that's fair. I think it would be kind of people mention this with WWE with uh, crown jewel, but I think it's more relevant for actual independent contractors. It would be, uh, you know, fiduciary malfeasance for them not to at least hear what the offers are on the table when their contracts come due and they're officially able to receive offers. If the rumored super promotion with JR and the bucks and, Allegedly, Shad Khan or Shad Khan's son does come to fruition or something of that nature or a similar story does happen. I think that'd be really good for wrestling. And I think that would be a good opportunity for him and the Bucks because their creativity is as important, if not more so, than the actual wrestling content they provide. I think if you have someone that can figure that out and kind of harness it and focus it and provide it on a national stage, that would be a good alternative to what the WWE provides and challenge them to evolve their product, especially as they move to Fox. 
What what is the viability of a company to compete? No, I, compete with WWE seems like such a high bar and an un- unnecessarily high bar. But the the what is the viability of a company to make to to make financial to make, for a financial investor for it to make sense for them to invest hundreds of millions of dollars into a wrestling company when WWE is so dominant and do some of the more recent events that we talked about uh, earlier in this show put a crack in, in, in the in the veneer of WWE and make it seem like there might be this rush of fans who want to support a company that they feel better about supporting. I think the biggest issue would be the bandwidth and the ability for whomever is running the organization to maintain the corporate, professional, organized demeanor that you need in 2018 as a wrestling promoter. Gone are the days where you can kind of be a fly-by-night. I don't think that's going to work. If they're organized... Uh, look at what they did with All In. While that was a first-time event, the hiccups that they had compared to the NWA were night and day. Well, so if 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 the, let's say play out the scenario that the NWA um, with the NWA name ends up getting massive funding, the Jacksonville Jaguar ownership buys the NWA or or buys into it, and they end up on WGN, which is a network that makes sense to throw out there because of the All In tie-in. Um, and you can do some variation of that. What what what's what's the business plan for a company in that situation? Is it do what WWE does, try to get make big money on advertising by drawing big ratings and run live events, uh, do international events that pay big money? Uh, go, do you need to go after a few extra big names? Like if if you're co- if you got Cody in the Bucks, let's say you get partially part time use of Kenny Omega. Um, Nick Aldis, like, do they need to create uh, a buzz by signing somebody else um, at the level of, uh, you know, uh, Finn Balor, for instance, to throw a name out there, where people go, oh, I know him from WWE, and he's was a pretty big star there. Um, like, what 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 combination of things is the the critical mass necessary for you to get to a business plan that? isn't just a blip on the map that most people who are WWE fans never even notice. I think the big thing is sticking to the plan that Ring of Honor tried to pull off, but never quite did. I'd talked for a while with Sean Radican about the idea of New Japan seeing Ring of Honor as the significant other or this like friend with benefits they'd call up if they needed something. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they would want to avoid because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So if you get a new Japan involved with you, if you get some of the other promotions that don't necessarily have a WWE tendril in them yet, that gives you an opportunity to kind of play around with a roster that's going to be more fluid, but also not completely under your control, which on one hand saves on overhead and on the other hand keeps them fresh and keeps your partner happy in terms of bringing people on their side of the ledger. Like right now for me, I don't think, Nick Aldis would do it for a new Japan. Keeping keeping access to Cody and the Bucks, absolutely. So having something to offer some of those other groups and also having some wrestlers to offer that might be different, like a Pena, Pena El Zero Miedo, uh, Ray Phoenix. They yeah. went from the people who were on Lucha Underground to now these indie stars that everyone has on their show mlw has them on their show impact has them on their show you have to find the next person because if you keep using the current person they're going to burn out and eventually go to wwe 
WWE talked last week in their financial investor call that they're looking in 2019, and they're excited. I think it was Michelle Wilson, the co-president, who said it. They're very excited about tiered pricing with WWE Network. As we talk about other companies in competing with WWE, WWE is trying to figure out a way to monetize cooperating and offering other companies on a network tier. Um, evolve now that uh, Flow Slam and, and that relationship is is over with. Evolve can kind of go back to the track it was on before, and it looks like it's very much uh, a a feeder system for WWE. Some NXT wrestlers winning titles in, in Evolve, and that could end up on a tier on WWE Network. Other international brands could be. What's the viability of WWE making it worth their while to confuse the pricing structure? which is pretty simple right now. One price, you get everything. Is it worth it for them to complicate that with tiered pricing for different levels? And what realistically is the interest level? As, as, as much as WXW will get a buzz for great shows, how, how does, does WWE want to be in the business of getting people excited about ordering a product that is an ancillary overseas brand that doesn't look major league with wrestlers who haven't been through the WWE machinery of uh, the Performance Center and NXT to, quote, learn how to do things their way. It's funny you mention that because uh, as I was watching it a few days ago, uh, when Alan was on the deep dive, he recommended a match that they released for free. And they had a... Who's, who's they? An, uh, WXW. Gotcha. I'm sorry, pronouns. Yep. Pronouns. Oh, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> uh, when WXW had their uh, tag league, one of the singles matches they had during the tag league was uh, Ilya Dragunov versus uh, uh, Bobby Guns. And there was a 20-minute battle chant through the entire match yes. of one half chanting uh, Guns, Bobby Guns, and then the other half chanting Ilya. And it went without ceasing. Like, they would do spots. They would try to shut people up to chop. Would not stop. You don't want people seeing that because they're going to ask, how come I don't see that at WWE events? How come people aren't that excited at WWE events? How come you don't have people losing their minds uh, when Ilya Dragunov won uh, his title, uh, the WDXW uh, world title, and knowing the story of him retiring basically and all this other – you don't have it because they don't want it because they don't care about the little details. And when you don't care about the little details long enough, those become big details that become problems. And I think if you, when you're inviting Evolve in, I think it's fine now because Evolve's been raised. Evolve has now lost so many of the wrestlers and so many of the people that made Evolve the place to watch to WWE. So at this point, it makes sense to send some of those people back because they're theirs now. With a WXW, with a Progress, with a RPW, with an ICW. These are all promotions that have kind of learned to stay in their lane regarding the big when the big shark goes in the water. So if you add them to your tiers, like right now you pay what ten whatever with tax, it's you know the nine ninety nine song and all that's kind of gone away because they want to charge us more. Uh, I think if you paid fifteen dollars and you added in one or two of those promotions, and if you want to go as high as twenty, if you add in all of them, that seems about fair because currently I pay. Seven dollars for progress, seven dollars for WXW. I'm sorry, eleven dollars for WXW, and uh, seven for another promotion. I, I want to say Prop Power Bomb or something like that. And I feel like I'm getting my money's worth with all of those add-ons. But if WWE is going to try to take stuff away, like I'm all of a sudden you're putting a gun to my head and saying, "You paid nine ninety nine. You need to pay fifteen to get to watch NXT on Wednesdays." 
I'm going to say, hold up. This is a little ridiculous. And also because of the technology, I might just pay the $9.99 and find other ways to watch NXT then. Yes. Oh, yeah. That that To me, uh, the, the number of people who subscribe to the network because of NXT – I think it's higher than a lot of people than a lot of people factor in. Like I think if you take NXT away, takeover specials on the weekly show, I, I would be really curious to play that scenario out in you know in, in a uh, if there was some way to play that out if, you know and I don't know how they could do it without actually doing it. I'd be curious how many people canceled. Um, I, I think it's a really you know and then just check in for one month for WrestleMania and one month for for SummerSlam, but otherwise are fine with Raw and SmackDown and online clips. Um, I mean, I ran a poll on Twitter, and, and it was uh, the, it was overwhelmingly an extremely important factor in people who responded to my poll, unscientifically on Twitter, but it was there. It was a, a very, very high percentage saying that that NXT was was vital to their keeping their membership year round. Um, and and I wonder how some of these smaller groups, if if they could gain that traction, and how Triple H would feel about other companies doing that. I, I've always been leery of of thinking wwe would go all in in promoting brands that were not their own with wrestling styles that are not their own and i agree with a lot of the rationale behind some of the decisions that that they make in terms of the sustainability and logic of wwe style and there's variations of it within the system right now um you know certainly Pete dunn is doing something different than randy orton um ring style wise but there's still a wwe branding and discipline and logic to to what they put on their television, and I, I I find it I just find it weird to think Vince McMahon would start promoting styles that that maybe he felt were just not an abomination, but like so such a sharp contrast to the tenets of what he believes makes for smart in ring storytelling. It'll be interesting if you bring those promotions in at this point with the roster as large as it is because this isn't a i'm looking at like when bruce and i look at uh mid-south and he's working with me through these guys where this this person was over because he feuded with this and he's kind of teaching me it and we're doing a show where i'm watching and i'm watching it for the first time no if you show me pete dunn and i show you progress pete dunn from chapter 43 those are two different people mm. when he's nxt uk or nxt pete dunn He's not going to do the gesticulations he does in the crowd as a heel where he's giving them the bird, biting people's fingers, doing small joint manipulation and then following that up by, you know, kicking people in the nether. He's not going to do that on WWE television. So it's like, wait, wait a minute. This isn't going to be a case of, again, me being an old person and, you know, a younger body uh, brain wise. This isn't a you got your peanut butter and my chocolate. You got your chocolate <laughs> and my peanut butter It's like you got this really good psychopath over here. And you got this guy who I look now see has been uh, neutered and dumbed down over here. Why can't I see that guy? Why? Oh, or why can't I see the guy in the next match that's threatening to cut someone's head off with an ax? How come I've only seen him at access? Why? Why? Where? Where is he at? And oh, he's on MLW. Why don't I watch MLW? Because he's just as crazy there as he is at Progress. So it's really, I think their best bet, and I'm sure no one wants to hear that on their end, is to copy what New Japan does, where if you have wrestlers that are contracted to you that appear on other promotions, you show that match. So that way you're not giving you that person writ large uh, permission to go seek out this other promotion. It's just here's something that's important for us that happens somewhere else. Watch. Mae Young Classic is part of the WWE Network 
you know, layering, I guess, of, of different content. And Evolution was the first chance – I shouldn't say the first chance. Well, yeah, it was the first chance for an NXT title to be fended on a WWE pay-per-view show. Evolution was a WWE live presentation that incorporated different brands and different layers of WWE's ecosystem at this point all on one show. How do you think WWE did catching people up on the NXT and Mae Young Classic competitors? And, and what did you think of their performances and who stood out to you? I really like the integration, I think, especially as you mentioned during the roundtable. If they do this yearly or biannually, this would be a great opportunity to kind of do that. And it, t- it gets the men off the road. You don't think about them. You, you give these women the spotlight and you hopefully also give them matches the, 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 the follow up shows after. Because it was not lost on me on SmackDown that there were no move like that was wild to me, uh, and it was also wild that somehow uh, Paige was in charge of the women and Shane was in charge of the men. Uh, that, but again, that's a conversation for another day. In terms of Evolution, I really enjoyed it. I, th- I thought the presentation of both of those matches, both May Young and the NXT title, uh, and even at the when they did the red carpet introducing. Uh, Rhea Ripley is the NXT UK champion and given her a chance to speak, even though they haven't even shown the UK women's tournament yet. Uh, that was strange, but that was also cool. The match from crime. Travis says only men who like her, like her because she plays video games and is safe. And all. I think she's awesome. And if he ever got a chance to watch her in progress or WXW or some of the other places she wrestles like in Japan, she's just as good, maybe a little bit more vicious, but because of that viciousness, she came into the match a lot more injured than she let on. And Alan was the first to report on the deep dive that a birdie had told him uh, who happens to wear one eye black under their eye that they were kind of limping into the show and kind of hoping for the best and wanting to do the best they could. Um, but I thought that was good. I also thought I love Shayna Baszler. I thought that match was awesome. And everything she she gets what it means to be a bad person. And she embraces it. She isn't looking to be cool. She isn't looking to get hugged. She isn't looking to find a way for you to say, oh, wow, Queen of Spades, let's buy a shirt. She is just the absolute worst. And it reflects itself in the way she wrestles. And Kari Sane's method of wrestling reflects itself as a person who will stand up for what is right, even if physically she feels like she's outmatched. And so I enjoyed the heck out of that. And uh, I, I would say, finally, I was impressed with Nikki. Nikki more than held her own in that match. She wasn't just the other person. And, you know, people had made jokes on Twitter, Nik- Nikisawa. Uh, over the years for her as her wrestling style went up and Breeze kind of stayed or started to regress. And I thought uh, my biggest concern was there was a spot late in that match where she hit her head hard and hit her neck hard and Bree instantly pulled her out of the ring and was checking on her. I was concerned, again, just like what happened a few weeks ago with uh, the Riot Squad. There was no doctor to check someone who's had a, a historically bad neck. After having a spot in which her sister is kind of like, what happened? All right, Rich, tell people if they've enjoyed hearing you today, and if they haven't, how they can hear more of you. Well, if you haven't, just turn it off and never <laughs> speak of this again. Uh, if you if you did enjoy uh, listening to me today, uh, you can definitely hear me uh, t- two options on Wednesdays. I am... Uh, the VIP voice with host Travis Bryant for the East Coast cast, which is not minivan friendly. We cover wrestling, politics, life, whatever we can bring up. I will warn you, Travis talks for a while. I get sleepy. Things happen. I apologize. Uh, but you can definitely do that. And then usually during the free portion, if I am available, I'll try to hop on because Cameron and Travis, uh, the 
free for, version of the show. Uh, sometimes Cam has to go to work, so he'll pop off, and I'll try to tag myself in. Uh, and you can always go to East Coast Cast either on Twitter, Facebook, online, and find out more on how you can follow us. But it's usually a great time, so give us a call. Uh, and I look forward to hearing you. Also, on Saturdays, I do the Deep Dive, which is a one-hour PW Torch livecast show focused on Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern on whatever it is I'm overthinking this week. Last week, for instance, we went over with Alan Cunahan a preview of Evolution, but we went from the angle of women who are wrestling at Evolution and matches they may have had outside of the WWE you want to be familiar with in order to understand them as a wrestler. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to be doing a show I'm very excited about, which is Sliding Doors. Wrestlers or matches or people that either cross paths in a company or just missed each other. And mm, some of the things we missed as a result of that. And uh, Sliding Doors is one of my favorite movies, so I figured that'd be a great way to do it. Um, so... And then we also get silly. We, you know, we'll, I, in two weeks, I'm going to be reviewing the newest Marine movie with one of my friends who's a film <laughs> critic. And, oh, awesome. Uh, I love it. We're going to analyze how great an actress Becky Lynch is and does she earn the spot at top villain in the movie. So please join in. You could always. Oh, is this a watch along? I would love to do a watch along, but I don't think I have the stomach to do it because it's going to it's a lot. It's a, <laughs> I've already seen the first couple because my one my, yeah. my buddy Justin's complaint was he watched them. And then I would ask him leading questions to kind of describe each movie. He's like, I suffered through this alone. You're going to suffer through this with. Me. So I, I watched a Marine movie while I deep cleaned my office. That's that's when I oh, wow. on. Yeah, I just kind of looked over every once in a while and was like, boy, I'm glad I'm getting something accomplished while spending time watching this. Now, 12 rounds, I will defend 12 rounds to the, to my dying day because <laughs> I thought that was that was pretty decent. And then when I went to New Orleans for WrestleMania uh, last year, I tried to go to as many places as I could that fit that were in the movie. But then I was like, oh, it was filmed partly in New Orleans and partly in a sound lot somewhere. So crap. Um but anywho, if you are interested in the deep dive, it happens every Saturday at 6. Some days it might move just because my uh, guests uh, sometimes have schedules that don't necessarily line up. But there is always going to be on the VIP feed. If you go to pwtorchlivecast.com, you can always find out when each week's show is and wh where the other older shows are. And and you don't have to listen live. I mean, you can, but it, just download yeah. it later. Um, that's what 99.9% yeah. .9 of people do anyway. So uh, find it at, uh, or just search Pro Wrestling Torch or PW Torch on your podcast app. One or both will work and uh, it'll just show up in the feed when you refresh it Saturday night or Sunday. So, um, and there's uh, a good, a good bit of archives available too through the website or our RSS feed. So if some of those themes sound intriguing. Uh, it, you have not mentioned all of them, uh, but the, the, a lot of the shows are evergreen. So uh, it's, it's fun stuff. Oh uh, yeah. I, I try not to mention them all because then people will be like, wait, why did you do a show on, you know, bad news Brown and then follow up with it with, you know, whatever silly thing I might have done the next week. But yeah, there's a ton. Uh, my one goal is to get Wade or Bruce on there at some point. But Saturday no, no, at never 6 gonna is happen. Oh, never. See? <laughs> I, tried, I, I tried to do some guerrilla reporting with Wade during All In, and it failed miserably. 
<laughs> I tried to sneak it in through the production. Yes. It's like, like we're gonna get we're gonna get it out. Wade uncovered, and it, it just it just failed miserably. So yeah, at some point I'm gonna try to get the two luminaries here, the torch. <laughs> but I've had guys like uh, Alan Cunahan, my partner in crime on East Coast Cast, Travis and Cam, Shahid Abdulhadi from uh, East Coast Cast, uh, and I also try to bring in a lot of my women and women of color wrestling fans to give a perspective that you don't often see in wrestling. Uh, so if you see uh, make at make it loud on Twitter, Kate. Uh, C.R. Reed, uh, my buddy Bree, who does marketing and stuff for some of the independent promotions. And then she also uh, has her day job and husband in life. So hearing from these women, I like to bring in a perspective that isn't my own because I know I have a story, but they have a story, too. So I look forward to hopefully having more people listen. And if you have more questions, you can always email pwtdive at gmail.com. And that way, if you don't want to listen live, I can answer your question on the air. Awesome, Rich. Thank you. Uh, did you mention social media, how people can follow you? Oh, crap. I did. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rich underscore fan, F-A-N-N. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, outside of that, it would be uh, East Coast Cast or same thing on Instagram. Facebook, I would say it's pictures of my kid. So unless you want to see Trey, it's, you know, you're fine. You're, just stick to it. Twitter. Awesome. Follow us on uh, social media, too, at PWTorch. And you can follow me at the Wade Keller on Instagram at PW Torch. And uh, you can follow me on Facebook at Wade Keller Torch. And uh, you can like our brand at Facebook.com slash PW Torch. Uh, awesome, Rich. All right. So tomorrow we're going to have an ex-WWE creative team member on to delve into women's wrestling in particular, Evolution. We spent a little bit of time on that here at the end of the flagship. We're going to go deep into Evolution on Interview Friday. So refresh your podcast feed here for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. And then, if you've noticed, we didn't get to the mailbag on the flagship. It's so much breaking news. So that means bonus mailbag Saturday. We're going to do it again. I've had great download numbers. You guys really like the uh, the, the, the mailbag segment. So keep, by the way, sending in good emails. Um, it, when you, when it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that's the time to send in emails for the flagship show because we usually record on Wednesday afternoons. So if you have a question for the flagship any week, broad range of topics, it doesn't just have to be what happened in WWE the past couple days, uh, just send it along to Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. So thanks to Rich. Check him out on the Deep Dive episode of the PW Torch Livecast, available late Saturdays and all day Sundays. Well, really, anytime, but first drop Saturday nights. Uh, and uh, you can check that out over the weekend. Deep dives into single topics, fascinating topics. You're just not going to hear somebody get into with the type of depth that, that Rich does or even cover some of these topics ever that Rich does with his special guests. It's a really cool format. It's a cool show. Hopefully, if you haven't yet, you'll subscribe. Just search Pro Wrestling Torch or PW Torch in whatever podcast app that you're using, and you'll see the PW Torch Livecast logo. It's mostly white with PW Torch on it. And uh, click subscribe, and you're good to go. A new show every day. A new show every day with a different theme on each day of the week, covering ROH, Impact, MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, NXT. And uh, Sunday night is our main show, Wrestling Night in America, with longtime Pro Wrestling Torch columnist Greg Parks either reviewing a just-completed major event or reviewing and previewing 
the latest and upcoming major events. So um, check that out. Also, just search Pro Wrestling Torch or PW Torch and you're good to go. You can also find out when the next show is scheduled that will air live, thus the name Livecast. Some of them air live with live callers, including Wrestling Night in America, just about every episode. And the place to find that is over at pwtorchlivecast.com. How easy is that? pwtorchlivecast.com. Check out our main website, pwtorch.com. If you haven't heard me talking about it this month or you forgot, we now have afternoon updates almost every day. You can catch up on the latest headlines and exclusive breaking news from behind the scenes and what's going on in WWE and elsewhere. Uh, all kinds of cool stuff in the afternoon updates every single day. If you missed any recently, check them out and catch on up at pwtorch.com. Plus my live TV reviews on Raw and SmackDown and WWE pay-per-views. TV reports from our great crew of correspondents and contributors, including NXT, MLW, Impact Wrestling, and so much more. And also flashbacks, editorials, and other special features. New content every day that you won't find anywhere else at pwtorch.com. Bookmark it. Tab it. Create that home screen button. pwtorch.com. Also, if you're an MMA fan, check out mmatorch.com. Big fight card coming up for UFC on Saturday night. Daniel Cormier back in action. You can check out previews for that fight card, the latest news, fascinating quotes, commentary, and more. And then follow along live on Saturday night at mmatorch.com. And check out pwpodcasts.com, our sister site, which features written recaps, reviews, and commentary on pro wrestling personality-hosted podcasts like Sam Roberts, Steve Austin, Booker T, and more. Find out what's being said on podcasts you haven't had a chance to listen to yet. Maybe it'll entice you to check them out and listen. That's pwpodcasts.com. All right, that does it for me for today. So check out tomorrow's show with a review of Evolution and then our special Saturday mailbag edition. So this weekend, don't forget to check in and refresh the Wade Keller podcast feed and get the bonus mailbag edition. Some really good emails, some passionate emails about Saudi Arabia and some offbeat topics. Uh, A lot of good stuff for Rich and I to talk about in the mailbag session that will be coming up on Saturday. Uh, Thanks, everybody. And until then, Wade Keller signing off. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus, tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post pay per view roundtables dating back to late 2004. Also access to our full archives, thousands of podcasts, over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter that started it all, ad-free access to our website and more. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign-up form. It's mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly. In two minutes, you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. If you shop at Amazon, I have a request. When you shop at Amazon, don't go to amazon.com. 
That sounds weird. How are you going to shop at Amazon if you don't go there? Well, don't go directly there. Start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. That's pwtorch.com slash Amazon. When you go there, there's a giant Amazon logo. Click on it. It takes you right to the Amazon homepage where you were heading anyways. But that small detour tells Amazon, we sent you there. And when they get that message, they send us a commission on everything that you buy. So it's a great way to support us without having to do anything different other than when you shop at Amazon, start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. That's pwtorch.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support.